You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. So I just want to welcome all of you for being here. Thanks for coming. My name is Josh. I get the privilege of being the lead servant here at this great church called Real Life on the Palouse. And today is a day we've been looking forward to. We've been coming with great anticipation. Christmas Eve day. Many of us may have family in town. I'm distracted by my, my family here. My cute grandson is here. I just wanted to hold him and play with him and bring him up here and introduce him to you guys. We have special treats, maybe, that you only eat during this time of the year. Thank goodness. We play games. We have fun playing games with our family. Playing ping pong in the garage. We're playing card games, just having fun as a family, spending time together. And we look so much forward to it. Just simply enjoying our time. One of my favorite parts about this time of the year is, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're going to start to gain two entire minutes of daylight every single day. Just think. In a whole month, the sun's going to set at 5 o'clock. I mean, this is a signal to me that we're getting closer to boating season. But for me, more light, it generally does mean more hope. And I hope for you that this Advent season has been fun. I hope that it's been reflective. And for those of you that are just visiting with us, our stage looks dramatically different than it's looked for the last four, three weeks. Our very first week of Advent, you would barely have been able to see me. We had a presence sky high. And we talked about how do we make room for this king? What do we do to know that God is with us when there's all of these things that are happening? And what are some of the distractions? And we started removing some of these gifts. And then the next week, the presents were about this high. And you could kind of see some of us. And we kept removing them. And then last week, there was just a couple little spots of presents. And there was things stacked around there. And half the time, for the first two weeks, I don't think people even knew that the manger was up on stage. And today, well, not today, but officially today, this is center stage. There is nothing more powerful, nothing more important than what we're getting ready to celebrate about this baby in a manger, that God is with us. So how do we make room for the king? How do we sincerely make room for him in our life? And what do we do now that we can kind of clearly see this king, this manger. Maybe we, we act like the Magi act. Maybe that's a good place to start. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshiped him. And right now, we've been worshiping him with our voices. I've been singing about this story and pieces of the story that have happened. And I wonder how in awe we still are with the story. I struggle as a pastor during this time of the year because I'm like, I have to come up with something new and cool and fun and creative. 
How do I enter? How do I make the story exciting? The story's exciting by itself if you read it. It's ridiculously exciting. And then if you believe it, it takes it to a whole nother level. Like, this is amazing that God would come to earth in the form of a baby. It's worth worshiping. So as we take this posture to, to worship him in song and in prayer and in our lives, you know, as the Magi did, you know what they did after they worshiped him? They opened their treasures. And what if that's the life you choose to live? You continue to open the treasure of who you are to Jesus to be used powerfully in his kingdom. You return to him the talents and the treasures that he's placed in all of you. Because it reflects on him, these amazing things that God has given you reflects on him and it points to him and it shows other people this good news, this joy to the world that we're going to sing about. You see, worship, it means respectful devotion, loving and honoring and obeying King Jesus who deserves that in our highest regard. Worshiping means, worshiping God means to acknowledging him. And not just like, hey, I know you're there, but like, no, no, no. I know who you are and what you've done. And it is worth being reverent to a God who does that for us. Celebrating his power. Look around. Go look outside. Go look what he created. How many of you made these mountains? How many of you made the wheat fields that we could see forever and ever and gave us those things? Like, are you not awed at the creation or the creator? And we remember how great he is. And we behave reverently in his presence. And his presence was with us all the time. Remember, keep and hold this anticipation of this king of what happened in the past and also what he's promised to us in the future. Do you know that this isn't the end of the story? We're somewhere in the middle of the story. I don't really know exactly the day and time and the hour that it ends. Do you? Actually, what I read says we don't know that. But we're in the story. It's this birth that's foretold and that's in the making. The quick line that we read... And we read over, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. We read over that, and it's a six-day trip. It's a dangerous trip with a gal who's somewhat pregnant. I guess you can't be somewhat pregnant, but she's pregnant. I don't know how far along she is, but she's pregnant. And she's either taking the shortcut through the mountains or she's going down through the river with her husband on a donkey, but this is like, this is uncomfortable. But why all of this? Why would they go 75 to 100 miles? Well, they go because God's prophecy gets fulfilled. This King Jesus, would, his arrival cannot be stopped, could not be stopped. And how it was foretold and how it came to fruition, it's, it's just history. 
It's being foretold earlier in Isaiah 700 to 740 years earlier. There's Isaiah, this prophet, and he's, God's talking to him, and this is what he hears, and this is what, he's, what, he's, what he writes down and he records. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. 700 years before this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. We're going to call him that name because that name means that God is now, he's like with us. He came down. He is with us. And who is the us? I love this. The more clarity as you read and you're learning, like more clarity. Well, who is it? It's for the chosen people, the Israelites, the Jews, like these people. No, no, no. Isaiah 49 says, uh, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob. And bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light to the Gentiles. That my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. We're a long ways away from Israel. That's a long flight there. We could be considered the ends of the earth. But see, this God... This Emmanuel, this king who came, he came for the Jew and the Gentile, and he came for you, you, you and I. And he is that light. Do you see his light in your life? Do you want to see it? See, God wants you to see the light of King Jesus. God thought about you. About being with you right here and right now. He wants peace for you in your life. He wants you to have hope and joy. He's a king who provides. I was struck as I was sitting here worshiping with you guys this morning about just the excitement that I have. And I was so excited to have a grandson. Didn't have one. My first one. And I remember being born. I'm like, what a gift. And I was so excited about this first Christmas. And then I thought about how I almost missed it. I was really close to missing it. But what hope would you have anyway? Would he still not take care of you and your family? Would he still not take care of you? Does he not a God who provides even in the time of loss? And some of you have experienced loss this year. Some of you are experiencing your first Christmas without a loved one. But he's still got a hope. He takes care of things. He takes care of us. He's a God who provides. So he didn't forget about you. He has not abandoned you. He came down to earth as a baby, born of a virgin to show us how to live and how to act. He modeled what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to function in his kingdom. 
He says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. I'll show you how. I'm inviting you into my life. Can you imagine the king of kings inviting you into his life? Can you imagine your favorite president, whoever it is, is like, come on. Now come on into my house. Come on in and eat my food. I'm going to care for you. Oh, you have, a, you have an owie? I'm going to bandage you. I'm going to take care of you. That's what this king does. He invites you to come and follow him. And when you follow him, he's like, hey, you're learning some things. Now I want to show you what to do. I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to show other people how to follow me. And this is one of the last things he's saying. From his amazing, miraculous birth to his amazing, miraculous death and resurrection, this is the king that we're making room for. It's almost insulting to say make room for the king. He so much wants to come to you and be part of your life. God is with you. He has given you life. How do you interact differently with the world around you because of this lowborn king? How would you introduce people to peace that you found or have you found it? Is it worth it? We're probably going to sing, go tell it on the mountain here shortly. Is it worth it? Who needs to know? Is this a hobby you have? Is this a good idea? Is this an obligation? Or has your life been dramatically changed by King Jesus? And who else needs to know? Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. You have a, here's a gift for you. You have a wonderful counselor. You have a mighty God. Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. And from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God is zealous. He is zealous for you. He has intense love for you. He's protective of you. He's dedicated to you. He has everlasting loyalty. He pursues you to the dark places that you don't even want him to pursue you to. So you can move towards his purposes. God is passionate, has a passionate commitment towards his people. He is passionate about you. Be passionate about him. Pursue him with great intentionality this year. Be unstoppable in your pursuit of who God is. Recognize this king. Recognize this baby born in a manger. Partner with the king of kings and go tell it on the mountain. He is the joy of the world. So let's act like it. You have great joy. You have something great to tell people about. And it's a story that God's building within you. Amen? Amen. Join me in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the people that have come here, Lord, that are clearing things out in their life. They are desiring to make room You're knocking on the door of hearts of people in here. 
evaluating our year and what we did and what happened and where you were and did you show up or did we recognize when you showed up? Father God, we come to you. We claim the fact that you did come to this earth. You were born of a virgin. You, you were born in a manger. You came down to be here to show us what it looks like to follow the king, to show us what it looks like to have purpose, to give us hope and peace and joy, to be compassionate for us so we can be compassionate for others, Lord. Help us, Father God. Not think of Advent as a season, not think of your arrival as a season, but think of it as a lifestyle. Lord, we come to you, we love you, and we praise you. We are so excited. Thank you. Thank you for being the king and coming here. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.